0: Hi, my name is Grace Waswa. I am a lawyer, the founder of Vijana Tupo Initiative, and the host of this podcast, Vijana Boot Talks. This podcast is the fruit of a partnership between Vijana Tupo Initiative and the United Nations Sustainable Development Solutions Network, Kenya. In this season, we focus on the roadmap to 2030 we strongly believe that the stories of young impactful sdg champions will provide a platform of influence inspiration and ignite a learning agility within us as we seek to achieve the agenda 2030. welcome to today's show today's show will be hosted by one of our volunteers from the sdg department Michael Ubaya. Welcome.
1: Who is Gloria?
2: Um, all right. So, um, I'm Gloria Anson. Um, Gloria is, um, is a Tanzanian young lady um, passionate about education and um, youth development. <laughs> Um, yeah, I'm the founder and the director of uh, Tanzania Enlightenment Development Innovation, um, a non for profit organization um, working in Tanzania basically um, to improve uh, the quality of education. Um, yeah, quality of education by touching um, the area of skills development. Uh, where we basically um, uh, doing a number of uh, project initiatives to improve um, to improve the education in a sense of bridging the gap between theories and practices um, in the education system, and um, yeah, so we do that by by basically looking at what the twenty first century needs from the all aspects of 21st century education because I personally um, realized in 2017, after conducting a research uh, of uh, understanding the graduate perceptions towards the uh, university uh, education contribution towards graduate employability in Tanzania, where I was basically completing my, my master's degree at Nzumba University, where I took Bachelor of, uh, a Master's of Science in Marketing Management and conducted uh, a dissertation on understanding the graduate perception on, on the contribution of university education to graduate employability. I, I basically decided to, to have a conversations with a uh, hundred graduates completed their their first degree um their first degree education from the year 2015 to the year 2017 and realized out of the 100 only only 34 were were able to be employed or becoming self-employed while the 66 told me that they were not able to to acquire any any job opportunity or um, self employment opportunity because they they basically did not have what it what it takes right to 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 to, to qualify for the job but also to qualify for having uh self employment opportunities so after conducting that research in 2017 of course i graduated and then later on um i kept on Thinking and reflecting that if if I did the research and I found uh, what I found, right, that there was a very big gap between what is being provided from the education system and what is being needed in the, in the job market. Then I said, what am I gonna do about this? So in the year 2019, um, yeah, around around March, I had an opportunity to present the same paper, um, and uh, a conference in South Africa, which is 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 normally being conducted by, uh, which is called uh, African Young Scholars Conference, where they gather uh, young scholars from different uh, from different education institutions and and uh, in different organizations in Africa. Uh, who present and discuss on different matters in relation to uh, some specific aspect that affects youth in Africa. And I had an opportunity to present the same paper. After presenting that paper that day, I was asked a lot of questions with um, a lot of professors and, uh, and different uh, leaders who, who were present from different African countries like then. So what are you really doing in your country uh, from what you have discovered? Then I asked myself, all these are making sense. What am I really doing? So coming back, when I came back home, I had to to reflect further on what can I really do about it? So that's where um, Teddy was born. And and basically I, I told myself that if 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 I found a very big gap in the in the higher learning um, education, that means it is not only from uh, the higher learning education level because um, the university students were basically once primary school students, they were once secondary school students. So I was like. Um, Working on these interventions, I will need to. I will need to start with the primary schools, you know, secondary schools. So that's where. That's why uh, with Teddy, we work on um, different educational programs that are not that are not a hundred percent being implemented from the education curriculum of the country. The likes of digital literacy, uh, financial literacy. Um, entrepreneurial programs, leadership skills programs, um, as well as since century employability skills for graduates and uh, university students. Yeah, so that's, that's in sh- uh, shortly about uh, Gloria and what TED is doing.
1: Wow, 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 what an inspiring story. Is, is your background really related to what you're currently doing at Teddy? Or is it um, different?
2: Um, okay, that's a very that's a very good question. Um, so basically, my academic background has nothing to do with um, whatever I'm doing now, but um, at, at a little bit of the part of the of my my working experience has something to do with what I'm doing now. So I have a bachelor, I have a Bachelor of Commerce in Marketing as the first degree, and also have um, Masters of uh, Science in Marketing Management. If, if you look at these two degrees, <laughs> you'll find that um, there is nothing really in relation to uh, development sectors or education per se. But along my my studies, as I, uh, when i was when I was in high school, basically when I just completed high school, I started working um, in an organization called Support for International Change, where by then i was I was a volunteer. Uh, in educating uh, people in regarding HIV/AIDS education in the villages, basically in the Maasai villages in the northern part of Tanzania, and uh, and then after after going to university, basically I kept on uh, volunteering in some um, in some NGOs that were basically working on issues relating to youth uh, and the young girls. So with with what I was doing with the NGOs, it basically gave me a platform to to start learning different perspectives in relations to social entrepreneurship, young people, um, issues in relations to education and and employment matters. And as well as as the sustainable development goals. Because with the projects I was doing, or I was engaging myself with, they, they basically demanded me to travel at some point uh, to some countries in Europe and to get, um, to get to work with them. Basically, the so-called um, youth exchange programs, right? So by doing that, I basically did know that I was gathering some experiences that will help me in the future. In which, when I say when I say at the future, I mean now. So it is also, I think, a lesson to young people in universities or in secondary school that we should not um, we should not um, just study, right? only we should also involve ourselves in volunteering um activities and opportunities if they happen because it is what will also give you an experience when you're still a student when if you if you 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 get time to speak with uh, with different young people right now they will say once they're being called for interviews um they are asked um what kind of experience do you have? So as a student, they'll say, you know, I've just graduated. I I never worked before. But this person had a lot of holidays, months and months of holidays, where they were just at home. Or during um, university studies, you will find that maybe you have only uh you know tight classes maybe for like 7 hours or 8 hours only a day in a day right what do you do in in those free um 1 or 2 hours that you have so these are the times where um a student can really use them to equip themselves with different skills whether by volunteering uh or or having some some you know some extra studies so that when they complete um their degrees or when they graduate they will not they are not only coming out of universities with their certificates only but they are coming out with some certain soft skills that they did not acquire directly from the classes so it's it's very important so as for me i i i, I do not have uh, exactly academic background with what i'm doing but currently I have um, I have just graduated from a short course program under Mandela Washington Fellowship um, for 2021, where I was placed at uh, at Syracuse University in New York for public management uh, program. Yeah, so I am now starting uh, studying um, issues in relations to public management. Uh, policy making as well as uh, the whole aspect of policy implementation so I can so that I can also increase my understanding in relation to educational systems improvements in in Tanzania but as well as in Africa
1: thank you oh wow wow great and congratulations Uh, why did your program target schools in Tanzania and also the whole of Africa thank you
2: all right, thank you um why education why schools why why youth right yes, um, yes yes okay first of all i I so much believe that um education is the backbone of any economy that is my that is my 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 innermost belief when it comes to education. But also more to that, I also believe that um, human capacity is a a very important aspect when it comes to economic development of any country in the world. If you want to have um, some certain levels of economic development, then you must first start with the the human beings you have in your country. By basically um, developing their capacities in whatever they are doing. So that even when you develop, let's say, infrastructures in your country, then you will have competent engineers who will construct uh, roads and bridges and buildings. That will last long in the country. Or they will design you know very beautiful buildings or bridges that will change the scenery of the country. If you, you will develop, let's say um, um, let's say, um, let's say, economic activities, you will need people to conduct them. They will do it better if they are well equipped in understanding um, the whole mathematics of conducting those economic activities. Let's say if it's agriculture, then they will have, you know, the best methods of farming um, so that at the end of the day, um, they will harvest the best crops. That will not be only sold in your country, but also in different countries, and therefore you'll find the whole um, map of the economic activities in your country is not is not only ending between your boundaries, but it's also going to um, to be used by uh, people from other countries, and hence you you improve the whole economic the the whole economy of the of the country. So I so much believe in human capital. That's why um, when, I, when I discovered what I discovered um, in, the, in, the, in the research I did in 2017, then I said it's high time uh, for me to start working on reviewing the education, the education systems and the education curriculums and seeing what, what are we missing that is, is really needed in the in the 21st in the 20, that is really in the 21st century well you'll ask me why education you know we are living in the era where so many things are changing basically um, not only not only because of technology but also just because of you know era changes you know, we we had 19th century, we had 20th century, and now we are in 21st century. A lot of things have changed. So when you come to the aspect of education, you know we are living in the era whereby the education the education that is needed for someone to um to say that they are educated in 21st century is not the education where um, it is so much for a teacher to stand in the classroom and uh, providing lectures to students. Or the education is not the education whereby um, it is so much to put uh, what time does a student needs to be in the classroom and what time they are supposed to leave. So we are in the education era whereby. The education that is needed has to be more of learner-centered classrooms, whereby uh, students can really really conduct their own research. They can um, consult different experts to get deeper understanding of different aspects happening in their local communities, national level and international level. We are in the era whereby the education has to be the one that inspires creativity. It encourages collaboration, you know, the whole aspect of critical thinking and effective communication skills. When we gather all these uh, prominent seeds in the education system that is needed in the twenty first century, will basically create a generation that will not be focusing only on academic achievements in the sense of having grade A's only, but they will be thinking on how, um, on how they can really be productive in their local communities by bringing solutions that will change most of the that will bring solutions to most of the problems we have from the local community level and when i say this i mean from you know from the villages from the streets point of view and then it goes to the districts you know to the regional levels to the national levels and international levels so ed- education education has education has to has to align with what the 21st century needs for it to be relevant. So that is why education comes in. And you also asked why youth. It's youth because we are we are the current um, generational leaders and will also be um, the future leaders. So if we 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 invest in <coughs> if we. We review the education systems and invest in youth as the aspect of human capital. I believe we will have um, we will have nations that are very powerful and uh, and, uh, and very developed in the sense of having innovations and innovative people who will bring um, different solutions to our to our countries. Yeah. I think I've I've tried to, to answer your question. Uh so Gloria, through Teddy, you
1: have introduced a very unique program in the education system, which I, I I not only believe is only in Tanzania but also in Africa. You are introducing a new perspective, a new way of how people should view the education. So could you please bring, uh, bring, bring us about how the, the idea came about and what impact has has Teddy really made to the young people and even to the school-going children in Tanzania and also in Africa? Thank you.
2: All right. Um, as I said, I think I've answered uh, the first part on how the idea came about um from the from the research i did um and the you know conversations i was having with uh, different education stakeholders and um yeah i think i've answered that so um what kind of uh, of impact we have brought so far so we got registered and started officially operating in 2019 and um, from there, around October, I remember that's where we started our our very first um, our very first uh, school club in one of the secondary schools um, in Durresland, and uh, we never started directly with the project exactly. I think from from there, it's when I I received. A volunteer from Germany uh, who really wanted to to join us and and help with programs with students on on on, on the sense of uh, uh, educating them how to present themselves. So he came here and we had we had some programs with that school here on on presentation skills. And the more it was going, that's where. Um, that's where every 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 other program was unfolding itself, and we started getting you know the teaching guidelines and getting partners and starting uh, implementing um, each program uh, as it was going. So everything happened so so automatically, I can say, and naturally, and and I think um, that's one of the. Of the best way of implementing projects, that I was I was told by one of my mentors that just start with what you have, and then everything else will unfold itself um, as you are on the journey already. So as of now, we have conducted a number of uh, programs in relation to digital literacy, financial literacy. Uh, leadership skills in which with these programs we are not doing them alone. we are we are partnering with uh, different stakeholders from different countries. For instance, with the program on leadership skills, uh, we are we have we have partnered with an organization from the United States called Amazing You, uh, which does trainings on leadership skills for young people. So we are sharing modules and uh, and implementing the project together. Uh, with the program of financial literacy, we uh, we have partnered with uh, two organizations. One is the Center of Financial um, Literacy from Ghana, and uh, an organization from the United States called Fi- the Financial Awareness, whereby. They they do provide uh, education on financial literacy, so you can see the way uh, our operation goes. We are we are not we are not along in the we are not along in the in the in the whole game. So we are we are working with uh, with different partners. And so as you've said, you'd also want to partner with us. So you're most welcome, and uh, and the doors are the doors are open for partners. Um. The programs have, have had um, it, a lot of impact as of now. We're having a lot of success stories from young people and students whom, um, whom, whose life ha, has been um, you know changed, impacted. We have stories of, on how some of the graduates, Uh, who joined our 21st century employability skills program got employed uh, very early after graduating, after basically understanding what they were supposed to to do or say during interviews. Um, We also have stories, success stories, a number of success stories on how um, different primary school students uh from from the coastal part basically it's one of the of the best stories i normally uh like to share whenever whenever i'm asked this question um i remember last year we had we had a financial literacy program in one of the primary schools called kisembule primary school in 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 kuranga district in puani region here in tanzania and uh one of the the students um, shared with us a story and he told us that he does not have a mathematics book. And whenever he was telling his parents that he needed a book, they kept on telling him that they do not have enough cash. So we taught these students uh, some few aspects on what it means to have or to be uh, to have like personal finance management skills, and we taught them on saving basically as children, primary school children. And uh, he he said, "You know, you know what, you know what, that um, Gloria, I I I couldn't I couldn't I couldn't buy a mathematics book, but then after the after the saving class." I knew that I can serve the pocket money my parents give me every day for, you know, like for lunch and for transport. And I have served for the past three weeks. I have now like 5,000 and I'm able to buy, I was able to buy a mathematic book, actually a used one from a neighbor who completed standard seven last year. I was like, what? He said, yes, I now have a book. So you can see, parents say that they were not having enough money to buy a book for him. But now he has served. If this young boy, we will have the same mindset and grow with that mindset until he becomes 20 or 25. What kind of an entrepreneur will we have? See? So it's... um, these programs are very impactful. They're very impactful. And honestly, if you ask me um, what is the, is the major goal of whatever we are doing, I'll tell you my greatest goal is to see these programs are being implemented from the educational curriculum of the countries in Africa. That is what, that's, that's my vision, basically. I would like to see one day that students are being taught not only histories and geography and all these theories, but they are being taught practically how life is. The the, the important aspects that a human being is supposed to, to have an understanding of them in the 21st century because that's what we need. You know, I asked myself and we had a conversation as a team in the office at some point uh, when we were just um, uh, analyzing the impact of the financial literacy program we did um, at that school. And we said, okay, this young guy, uh, the, the, the student who shared um, the story on how he was able to buy the mathematics book from serving, M- might be only one person, and of course we had we had some other stories from other from other students as well. But his story touched us very well. And you are like, what if we have thousand stories like like his? What if we have twenty thousand? That means we will also be um, eliminating poverty in our communities. So. So poverty is not only about not having, but it's also it's also, it, it can also be eliminate, uh, eliminated by, by the mindset you have. To what extent are you are you able to serve as a young person from the little that you get? So that means you can also get the basic needs from the little, from the little income. That you have. So these these are very these are very key um, key aspects, skills I would say, that we 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 really need them as young people, and uh, you know equipping them to primary school students, secondary school students is very important because these are the ones that are taking over now. Uh, these are the ones that are taking over and they will take over. They are the future. They are the current and also future leaders. So um, that's the all. That's the whole reason why um, we are doing what we are doing. And uh, yeah, that's the vision. That's the vision. We want the education systems of our countries to change for good. Yeah, thank so, you. Um, you have mentioned... Um, about uh, sustainable development goal number 4 where we are we are we are aiming to have quality education by 2030 and uh, yeah time is rushing and uh <laughs> i'm i'm not uh, i'm not really sure if we are there yet but uh we, we really need to pull our ourselves basically as uh, educational practitioners and, and stakeholders because um, looking at um, looking, looking at um, SDG number four um, the, the the goal of having quality quality education has has some sub targets within it and, um, they are like uh they are like um like in el- el- 11 or 10 sub targets and uh and uh under sdg number 4 and um okay there is free primary and secondary education And here you can see most of the educational policies of uh, most of the countries now present in tanzania uh we have a, a policy of for free primary and, and secondary education. Um, but there's also a target on having equal access to quality, uh, free primary education, which is also very questionable. Um, but uh, we are most interested into the target 4.3 and 4.4, um, which says um, to have equal access to affordable technical, vocational, and higher education. And 4.4 says that increasing the number of people with relevant skills for financial success. Um, Quality of education is is very broad. And there are so many aspects um, to be looked at when we are are aiming of having uh, quality education in the world. But touching the area of uh, relevant skills is very key. Um, I don't want to repeat, but then that's where we are. We are going back to the human capital aspect in relations to economic development. So that's why our we are advocating. Or we are advocating on uh, on having. Uh, education systems that implement um, the delivery of the relevant skills that students and young people basically need um, to improve uh, to improve their lives and the lives of the community they are, they are coming from. Uh, the major challenge that we have now, which is a universal challenge, basically in attaining um, the goal, the SDG number four, and also in attaining our, our goals as an organization is the impact that COVID-19 pandemic has brought in the education sector. It has heated the whole world. And, uh, and uh, it is also, um, it has also affected. Affa- it, it has also uh, affected the whole aspect of how education is being delivered. And remember last year when uh, COVID nineteen came and um, schools were closed. Only very few schools were able to run uh, classes, programs online or by using, you know, uh, the media houses. But then, how many people were able to 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 afford or to have access to the to the digital learning platforms that were were providing the you know the educational programs uh, online? How many? So, COVID nineteen has brought has brought a number of impacts in the education sector, but also it has positively, basically, it has it has given us agree a red alert it has given us a red alert that um, it's high time we have to review not only the content of the education systems and curriculums we have but also reviewing the delivery systems of our education we are in the in the in the, in the era where it's not necessary for one to be um, in a class in person, for them to, to to access education, so it is it is a call to educational stakeholders and basically <clears throat> government leaders in our countries to start reviewing and reassessing um, the budget they set for the educational for the Ministry of Education in their countries does it really uh, uh, fit the, um, you know, the reviewing and the restructuring of the educational uh, system content and also the delivery system? Is it really aligning with the impact COVID-19 has brought? So that's that's the the major challenge because as as now, um, for instance, last year when schools were closed, we we couldn't run our classes we couldn't run our classes so we had to move into into preparing programs online having through zoom and all that in which we could only we could only reach the university students and graduates because these are the ones that can easily access um you know the the, the 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 online the online system of of engagement when it comes to training the use of Zoom and and so and other similar platforms, but we could not we could not reach the we could not reach the the students in the primary schools and secondary schools and also as an organization it also gave us an alert and therefore um, from the beginning of this year we have started uh, working on. Um, developing an e-learning platform whereby most once the platform will be ready, most of our programs will also be accessed online, basically to increase the reach, but also responding to the to the impact of COVID-19 pandemic which has given us uh, an alert that we are, we are to move into the digital education because that's where technology is taking us and we can we cannot really avoid that. So 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 that uh, those are the major those are the major challenges and of course there are other may, may, uh, many challenges um, as far as the startup is concerned, um, there are a lot of challenges in, in sense of um, having um, you know sufficient resources to implement uh, the plans you have in sense of uh, human resources, you know financial resources and all that, but I normally um, I normally do not like to to stick on them because as a startup you have to you have to understand that things will not um, get into place all at once. So it's a journey, and um, the challenges we had we, we had when we started are not basically the same, or they do not have uh, the same magnitude with the challenges we have now. So I believe um, we are growing as, as a as a kid, the way a child is growing. So the challenges we had are not the challenges we have now, and they will not be the same challenges we will have in the next five years. So I so much believe in the process. And so um, I believe that all other things will get into place, um, as we keep on learning partnering and basically um, reaching out uh, to to more beneficiaries of the of the programs that we do so you, you asked me about um, what I can tell a young people who also has a dream and uh, they really want to, to to see them happening Um. A lot of people have different dreams and basically sometimes I I speak with a lot of young people and they have, you know, um, bigger dreams, you know, people are having so many dreams. But the issue is not having a dream or having a vision. The issue is what are you doing with what, your, your vision, your, your, with what you're visioning or with what you're dreaming. What are you doing about it? You might have a dream that is so big. If you don't start small, nothing will happen. So I can advise and I will always advise anyone I meet uh, and whoever asks me about how can they really make their dream happen. You have to start from where you are with what you have. That's the, that's the major secret. Nothing else. Even if, um, even if you have a dream of uh, becoming a president of a certain country in a few years to come, if you will not start engaging yourself with, the poli- with politics in your country or engaging yourself with um, um, the right path uh, which president comes from my friend? Nothing will happen. So you you really need to you really need to start. It, it will not matter how small you you have started, but the fact that you have made the first step, the second step will happen, the third step will happen, and then you will find yourself there. The bigger organizations we find today. Uh, the likes of united nations or, or all these other organizations um you see in the world they were first on day one they were first startups you know the the, the biggest um the, the the most prominent innovators in the world they started somewhere and um, there is another aspect which is really um which is really bad, basically, among young people, is that among young people, is that um, people are afraid of failing. What if I do this and I fail? Uh, failure is part of the process, and I think um, in our programs also sometimes we we are teaching we are teaching and equipping uh, students with. Um, with the skills and the mindset that it is okay to fail. You know, the education system that has brought us, it has really damaged us, I can say at some point. Because from from when you're in kindergarten,
0: you're being told that you must get grade A. And if you
2: get grade D or E or F, then maybe they will laugh at you or you'll you get some sick, or they will speak all these bad words. That's not right. You know, there are some points that we should really embrace failure and learn from it. Because when you have failed on something, it must give you... An understanding and time to reflect, why did I fail? You will not have that time of reflection and and understanding why you failed so that you can learn from it if they bullied you or if you got sick or if um, you you stood in front of the classroom and they said laughing at you. From the F you got, so young people should not uh, be afraid of failing. Failing is part of the process, right? Failing is part of the process, and it is from failures where you you learn. I'll give you I'll give you my <clears throat> I'll give you my story in regarding to the Mandela Washington Fellowship. So I applied for Mandela Washington. Um, Fellowship program in two thousand and seven, no eighteen, no two thousand and seventeen for the first time, and I failed. Then after failing, after I received that, you know, those emails where thank you for your application. We are very sorry. We received a lot of applications, and yours did not pass through. Um, I said, oh wow. So whenever I got this uh, that email, I went back to my to my application because. I normally serve them. And then I, I, I could start reading from the first essay to the last, and starting uh, analyzing what did I do wrong in this. Then in 2018, I applied for the second time. I failed again. But the application I wrote in 2018 wasn't the same as the application I wrote in 2018. So I said again and analyzed, what was wrong with my application? Why wasn't I shortlisted? So I understand most of the things that I was writing that we're not really having life in it. they were not really facts, they were just opinions. And then I told myself, Gloria, even if you are the one who received this application, would you have selected this over other more than, you know, with Mandela, you received, you received thousands and thousands of applications from all over Africa. So I did, an, I, I did apply for it in 2019. And uh, I'm telling you, When I completed the application, the day I was submitting the application in 2017, in 2019, I told myself that whether I'm going to win this time or I'm going to fail again this time, but I am very proud of the application I'm submitting because I could tell it's different. Because the mistakes I did in 2017 were not there and the mistakes I did in 2018 were not there. So we should embrace failures and learn from them. So um, by God's grace, basically, I, I got selected in, in 2019. It's just because we are supposed to, to attend the fellowship last year and because of COVID, we couldn't make it. So they had to postpone it to this year. And uh, we ended up doing it uh, visually. Um, yeah, so we should embrace failures. Um, and there are other a lot of projects I have done in my life which failed. And now um, keep on learning, even in, in the projects we're doing now. Sometimes we fail. Sometimes we don't reach the goal, we, we aim, you know. but. It is a process. It gives you an understanding and reflection on uh, what you will do better next time. So you cannot fail as the way you failed. So young people should embrace failures and you should really not be afraid of failing because it's part of the process and it will make you become um, become um, become the best when you try it next time. So try as much as you can, but don't forget you have to start
1: from where you are with what you have. Thank you. Wow, wow, wow. Uh, I've always believed with new interaction every day, you've got, you got to learn something new. And I believe not only am I a host of this podcast, but I'm also a student of life. I'm learning something from one of the greatest person. Even though I've not met you personally, but from your, from your story, you have really inspired me. I think one of the, the greatest challenges that is facing us in this century is what you're talking about, failures. We don't like to risk, we don't like to fail. So the greatest lesson I've really learned from posting this podcast is embracing failures and you reflect back on why you fail and what you can do more on what you can do more so that you can achieve another goal or another target you have set. So thank you for your time, Mrs. Gloria Anderson, because I think you have even answered my last question, which was the parting shot for the youth. So thank you for your time. And I'm looking forward to more engagements with you as an individual and also as a member of VJANATUPA Initiative. Thank you so much.
2: All right. Uh, thank you so much, uh, viana Tupo Initiative. And uh, honestly, I'm very humbled, and uh, it's such an honor to to be given this opportunity um, to share uh, my story, but also um, to to share my my views and thoughts in in relations to education and youth development sector. I'm very humbled. Thank you so much for the opportunity. I really appreciate it. and. Uh, Honestly, um, I'll, uh, I'll appreciate if we keep on uh, working together, and uh, we can always learn from, from each other. And that's it has been my has been my my motto. I can say I love learning from, from my fellows. And uh, yeah, you're welcome. Karibuni sana Tanzania tunawapenda Kenya.
1: Asante sana. Asante sana. Ashukan kwa kutupatia muda wako. Asante sana.